honestly, over the past couple records, we've we've hit a lot of different themes, and it's always been a collective effort in terms of conversation and just how we're processing through a lot of different things that I, I don't know how our records would exist the way they do without our friendship. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Well, Aisha, how have you been enjoying this road trip? Man, it's it's wonderful, and it's like perfect. It's the perfect time. It, it just feels like it's the season for it. You know, I think, and we've done this in the past. I think it's a must-have for Between the Grooves every year. I yeah, really, sure. really enjoy these conversations because, first of all, it's face to face, and right. and secondly, I love that ambiance the sound in the background like the, the you mm-hmm, know people mm-hmm. watching maybe just walking by conversations happening in the background that have nothing to do with what we're talking about but these are all <laughs> real, this is raw real time conversations that are happening um and and I just enjoy that I really really do so I mean this is this is the thing I love doing every year and uh, I hope we continue doing it did you hear anyone asking where the um catering tent was did, did I have At anybody all. ask me, like artists or, or spectators? Did you hear anybody? Did you hear any of the artists asking where the no. uh, catering tent? No, no, oh, because, okay. because because uh, first of all, artists, that that's one of the most important things artists should already know. <laughs> <laughs> but in the case of in the case of Kingdom Bound, uh, just outside of Buffalo, uh, the catering tent is actually backstage. So when the artists okay. pull in, they're already pulling in. They have a special entrance. They pull in, and they're already backstage. So the catering tent is right there. Mind you, the conversations that I've had with a lot of the artists were nowhere near the catering tent. We, the radio station, had a tent on the on the grounds. And that's where a lot of the conversations, in fact, they, they happened outside, they have a worship tent and it, a lot of them happened okay. outside of the worship tent. So any of the music that you might hear in the background is actually coming from the worship tent. Now, the conversation for today was with a group called Citizens and okay. that actually happened very close to catering. That's one of the ones that didn't happen um, at the radio station tent by the worship area. This was by the right. main stage um, and they had just come off stage. And uh, chatted with, now it's Zach is the main guy. He's the, the front okay. man for the group, but the rest of the guys were there. We actually uh, sat around a picnic table of all places, and uh, it was the only nice. spot that we could get. Um, I was looking for hydro so I could plug in the laptop and all the gear and stuff, and I couldn't get a line long enough to where we wanted to go. There was actually a little waterfall in the background. So you can actually hear this waterfall happening. In, nice, in, in, nice. So, so scenically, it was it was beautiful. Um, it's just a, a little weird because you don't hear as much people walking around as much as this this water happening in the background. Um, but this was, <laughs> this was a conversation that was interesting because as soon as they showed up, it's like, well, I don't have enough mics to talk to all at once. So I said, oh, you know, who's, who's the main guy I'm going to be speaking with? And that was Zach. So the rest of the guys okay. in the band are going to pipe up once in a while, um, but you won't hear them very well. But we're going to talk everything 
about being a band, their style of music, set lists, um, any of the side okay. projects, because a lot of artists, a lot of groups are getting back into the swing of things as well. And so what's, yeah. what's the last few years been like for them? So we'll get into that as well. Looking forward to it. Our conversation with citizens on Between the Grooves. That's why I grabbed this gear and stuff too. So tell me about Citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not the original name, right? It is the original name, actually. Oh, okay. And then you... But we were Citizens, then went to Citizens and Saints because of... That was, that's a cool name, Citizens and Saints. It was great. I like that. Yeah. It, it was temporary, and then we went back to Citizens. And it's a long story, but basically there was there was someone else in the world that thought we shouldn't be Citizens, and we had to become citizens and saints for a little bit of time okay but okay. now we're still saints and you know the eyes of god i suppose but right. uh but we're back to just sometimes not our wives yeah no certainly our not. wives know better no yes, i'm understand. no saint to her yeah <laughs> that's right um so here's something i'd like to get your take on christian rock punk alternative dare i say worship what would you classify citizens as? I would say alternative. Okay. Rock. Thanks for saying alternative rock. Punk. Yeah. Some people have called us that uh, earlier music. Uh, I think alternative rock. I think punk in the days gone by yes. would be considered alternative rock. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Um, You've been around for a dozen or more years. Actually, sorry, the band has been around for a dozen or more years. Yeah. You guys are a little older than that. Um, how do you guys? How do you guys get along? Oh, so good. We did. We did. We got along really well until Dan came in the band. Right. Because okay. he's from New Jersey, and New Jersey people, you just—I don't know if anyone's right. listening that's from New Jersey. You know what I mean. Um, Our listenership in New Jersey just dropped just off. Dropped. <laughs> you can see the graphs, see no. the charts happening here. Heart yeah. of gold, heart of gold <laughs> over there. Dan's got a heart of gold. We, uh, I, I think we pride ourselves on friendship. I mean, right. in fact, that's a huge, that's really a defining piece of our band, and it's what has influenced the songs that we write, is the community of friendship that we have. And honestly, over the past couple records, we've, we've hit a lot of different themes and it's always been a collective effort in terms of conversation and just how we're processing through a lot of different things that I, I don't know how our records would exist the way they do without our friendship. And what about squabbles? Anytime? Not many. I mean, we have some be every honest, now and then. If we have a squabble, it's usually over something that has nothing to do with music. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's the same with our wives, right? The yeah. squabbles we have, you look yeah. back and think, what the heck were we yeah, fighting what? about? Seriously. Well, we can always talk. We can talk about it, but we've never had anything, like, crazy. I mean, I can think of one time where we were in New Zealand, and uh, we were on, like, two hours of sleep, and we were trying to figure out a set list or something like that, and we had, like, a little moment where it was like, do you have something to say? I can understand that, though. Two hours of sleep. Yeah. That's understandable. I don't know. I could handle a situation like that yeah right? yeah so. but i i think we we really value each other and trust in each other so not a whole lot of squabbles if anything we laugh a lot and make fun of each other uh and that's that works out okay i think i think it works out okay that's what i do all the time yeah. to myself yeah it's the only time i could take myself seriously yeah, yeah. so uh, can i ask you a business question yeah please um the more people that you have in a band um the higher 
the cost sure. to run the band. Yeah. So how can the band make a living and provide for families and whatnot? And, yeah. And, you know, hopefully put some money away for retirement or something like that. I mean, is there other side projects that kind of, um, yeah. you know, help out a little bit? I, you know, there's merch and there's, sure. you know, meet and greets and all the other stuff that you can do at a concert and stuff to help facilitate that. But can I say, I mean, we all know that the streaming revenue is huge. Oh, I mean, it's just, that's that's your retirement. Just money, raking right? it in. Yeah, I exactly. mean, pennies upon pennies. Yeah. It's so what what do you do? Because the, the, the climate has changed in the last 20 years as far as how yeah. you make money. So what do you Because it's harder for a band. Yeah, a, it a is. A single artist, it's easy. And yeah, even if right. they want to bring a band, they can just pick and choose. Say, hey, guys, you want to come with me this weekend? But an actual band, the more members you have, the harder it is, it is to, yeah. to sustain that band. Well, when we, I mean, I think the way our band began was pretty unique because we started, we met at our church and we didn't really have any aspirations of becoming anything bigger than what we were doing on a Sunday morning. But then time went on and cool things came about and it made sense to travel more. And we've tried some different iterations and what we basically discovered was um, we really love our families and we really love each other. (laughs) And so everybody kind of has a job that they do outside of the band and that affords us the ability to not necessarily have to travel all the time. Right. We've never been out. I mean, I know some bands do this and it works for them. We've never been out like 100 days a year or something like that. We, I think the most we've ever done is maybe like 75 in a year or something like that. But, And that's just been a good setup for us um, in a lot of ways. And I mean, honestly, we. I think it's a test. Like a, I don't know that we would still be able to be a band after all these years if we didn't have that sort of arrangement where there's margin for everyone to do the other things that they need to do to, right. to provide because we've seen a lot of bands come and go where you know they only get to make one or two records and then it's over and we've just made our sixth and we're definitely making our seventh record and so that's a huge gift and uh, we can do that because everybody in the band is really trusting and sacrificial in their own way that in order to make it be a thing that can actually work I had a conversation with an artist, I'm not going to say who, a while back. Uh, it was actually on the podcast, but I don't want to name names yeah. or anything like that. I love name dropping because it makes me look good. No, yeah, I'm just of course. Right. So I'm not going to say who it was. And uh, he was in a band. It was his band. And uh, he ended up um, getting into debt big time without, without his wife knowing mm. just to pay the band, just to you know provide a living for his bandmates yeah. um, because he felt that obligated to them. Uh, to the point where he was in debt and uh, and his his wife flipped of course when yeah. she found out and so what do you do and yep. so what he ended up doing was you know what I'm just going to be a solo artist and you know kept his name but uh, whenever he does travel he's either doing the solo gig or he's bringing the band members and then paying them for the one shot deals yeah. you know that that's really the only thing you could do yeah. so if you don't mind me asking what kind of side projects do you guys have like oh, oh hang man. on hang on let me, let me think and I don't know I'm just guessing one of you works in a music store Oh, no, 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 but close. Uh, Adam works for a, a record label. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then Connor is a mastering engineer, a master mastering engineer. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in bands as well, yeah. where, where because uh, whether it's mastering or being doing the back line yeah. uh, in a band or something yeah. like that on the side and yeah. stuff, just on weekends yeah. and when you got time and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then Dan, uh, he's a great producer, mixing, uh, just does a lot of a lot of great stuff in the music world so and you just make sure they all stay busy so that's good i guess yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> That's all you do. Doing what I can. Uh, I, so, I, yeah. I know of a lot of artists, even even solo artists that have side projects, yeah. whether it be real estate yeah. or whatever. And and I and I admire that because um, you, it, it's nice to rely on the music business to sustain you, but. Um, you don't know if you're going to be doing it 20 years from now. It's nice to have a little project on the side. So, yeah. like, why not have these projects on the side? Something yeah. you can fall back on. Or if there's, God knows, another pandemic where you can't travel right. and, and make money that way. Because that affected more than just guys like you. It was all the people behind the scenes that so rely on that industry, right? Yep. So, so many. What did you guys do during the, during the pandemic? Like, what was it just relying on those other gigs? If it yeah. didn't relate to concerts and... I guess yeah. producing-wise, you could do stuff because people were still doing albums and recording in their home studios, right? Yeah, he, okay. was, he was working at the church at the time uh, that we were a part of for a bit, but since then, some of us have moved away. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Adam, fortunately, the record label was still able to sustain through that. Um, Connor was working at a uh, for a mastering engineer at the time, um, and I had a lot of other side project music things to do. Um, right. So... I mean, I will say this, and I mean, for anyone out there that wants to do music, in some ways, music, the music business is not for the faint of heart, meaning you have to be willing to sustain the low points and live with an unreasonable amount of hope and faith that tomorrow is going to be better. (laughs) And uh, I think that, you know, for me, and I'll speak for the other guys, I know I had this moment a few years ago where... You know, it was, you know, you kind of have ups and downs and it was in a down. And I just realized, like, I don't have a plan B. Like, making music, writing songs, this to me is what I want to do with the rest of my life. When I'm 70, 80 years old, I hope I'm still writing songs. Whether or not people want to listen to them, it doesn't matter. But I hope that I always have a place in this world to do that kind of stuff. Right. And I think that's true for all of us in different ways is, so you got to, you got to be willing to kind of stay pretty open-minded to what that could look like in order to keep that going and it, and if it's your passion absolutely yeah. so cool. for you guys in music obviously if there's if there's a will there's a way yeah that's right a and one. obviously it's happened for you guys because you've been around for so long anyways right so i'm a little curious you guys have been around the block can you tell me um what it what it takes to put a set together obviously you write songs you record songs but when you mm-hmm. go on the road um, it's not just, hey, let's just sing a few songs and just yeah. kind of make it up and just put together a set list. I mean, there's a lot involved, whether it's the technical side in the background or the sound engineer knowing when to put the reverb or echo on yep. at a certain point, or maybe it's where you're posi- physically positioned on the stage at any given time, when you're going to jump, when the drummer knows you're going to jump, that sort of stuff. Yeah. What does it take and how long does it take and how long... And how long does it last? Because you can only yeah. do the same set for so long, and then you guys, we got to switch things up because everybody's seen the show already. If there's one thing that the guys, that all the guys have grown to become perhaps maybe comfortably uncomfortable with is that no set list is ever set in stone. <laughs> right. And that's fine. That's a good philosophy to have anyways. And But we do try and find something that we really like for a while. And... Um, but at the same time, I feel like ev- depending on what you're, where we are, where we're going, we, we sort of try and cater it to that, you know? And um, I, I don't know. I mean, fortunately, we all have been playing together long enough to where we can make those changes. And sometimes we'll make them on the fly. And sometimes we'll, uh, we'll have a set list and we'll try it out and we'll get to the end and we'll, we'll say, oh, this part was great. And then, oh, this part really didn't go well. So let's 
do it differently this next time. And I mean, I feel like if there's a set list artist out there, just like a master at making set lists, I want to find them. I think some of the artists you hear about, like especially with tracks and whatnot, they kind of, you know, if their set is intended to be a 20 minute set or a half hour set, it's always that set. and, And they can make it that way because everything's planned out where they sings the first song that's they always the first song that they're going to lead with and they always end with the biggest hit and then the second biggest hit that was a hit six months ago or something yep. and then in between who knows what's happening they might have that quiet time and speaking time and stuff and that i guess that's what i'm talking about where where things it's the consistency of the set yeah like so when you start a song uh even if it was thrown in at the last minute the rest of the guys know exactly how the song's going to go they yeah. know where the certain points, the highlights, or whatever the song. Do you guys use tracks at all? We do some. Yeah, we okay, do. I won't tell anybody. Don't worry. No, please. Yeah, bleep that part out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we. I mean, a great example is today we were playing on the uh, worship stage, which is you know one that we're playing, and we you know we just could tell. All right, I think this time calls for maybe a a hymn or just a different type of song. So yeah. we did that, and we just start playing it, and everybody knows. All right, I think I know where this is going, and we we do it. And I mean, I am grateful for that. We have a lot of songs that we can pull from. Right. Uh, Some of them we maybe should never try and play again (laughs) (laughs) because they're too complicated. But uh, overall, I mean, pretty. We have a we have a lot to lot to pull from. I was at a a concert. uh, I'm not going to name drop. Uh, I so tempted to, but I was at a concert, and uh, somehow somebody yelled out from the audience that they wanted to hear one of the older songs. And so the artist basically looked back at, I think it was the keyboardist, and said, hey, do we have that song, i.e. track? And they were able to find it in the thing, but the rest of the band didn't know the song because they were fairly new members and they didn't know some of the older stuff. And so the keyboardist is playing with one hand and giving the signals oh to the gosh, guitarists, the, the guitar, yeah, yeah, the keys to the guitar player and the bass guitar player. And it sounded phenomenal. Like, just, just to have that quality and that, oh and my that gosh. musical ability to do something do that. like that. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Me, I just, I just you know, look at how amazing that came down because it sounded great. Yeah. You know? I can imagine if we did that, we would try and call the chords out to one another and it would definitely end in sort of like halfway through like, just, let's just, let's just stop. <laughs> And we'd laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we'd cry, and then we'd laugh again, <laughs> and uh, we'd live to see another day. Right, right. Okay, so here's here's something I'm interested in. Um, everybody, everybody loves the thought of, hey, I'd love to be in a popular band one day, like big, you know, the high life that you know I've made it type thing. Um, and I'm not suggesting anybody ever gets there, but what do your families think of you guys? <laughs> You know, I will say with my kids, I've never really pushed listening to the band, Um, but they still do. Um, And you're proud of that fact, of course. I mean, I I am proud in the sense that I want them, I hope it inspires them. Right. To want to, whether they write songs or whatever, just to see that they could make something that they really believe in and that there's other people in the world that could believe in that too. That, That to me is really important. Um, but then, you know, there'll be times where when I'm gone, my wife will play certain songs for the kids and then I'll get back home later and I'll play, I'll say, oh yeah, here, you know, here's this song. And they're like, dad, we already know that song. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you knew that citizen song. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't, I try to, 
not make it a, a thing just because it's to me it's there's so if anything I'm they're at the age now where I'm so excited about the music that they're into and even if I don't necessarily love it all right um, it's I don't know that's I remember as a kid being excited about something. And I mean, if they want to get excited about their dad, sure. But I kind of feel like, get excited about something else, you know? Yeah, my kids are at the age now where, you know, like it, my, my daughter's 19, my son is 22. And so they don't come running to the door when I get home from work anymore. They could yeah. care less, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and so, and they, they've got their own musical styles as well. My wife, on the other hand, I mean, she loves like Chris Tomlin songs and and uh, you know worship songs and everything else which is great and I do too don't yep. get me wrong but you know every once in a while she's got that sarcastic little is he one of your buddies too <laughs> no like yeah you know yeah. it's my job yeah. it's not my life it's not you know what I mean yeah so, yeah exactly yeah. that's a good way of putting that well it was great meeting you guys thank you very much appreciate you guys thank coming. you man I'm glad that uh, you were able to have a conversation with these guys um and it's so intriguing when you talk to these artists and find out the things that they did to keep food on their tables during the um, pandemic. And yeah, when the, it was when such the, an awkward time. You know? Yeah, when the pandemic started, I didn't think it would last as long. And, and then when it started dragging on and on and on, my, yeah. one of my biggest fears even in, in chatting with artists on Between the Grooves, because the, the show must go on, like the podcast continued uh, throughout the right, pandemic. Right. And my concern was, and, and my prediction was that people did it that didn't have side hustles and, and other jobs and other projects that were working on, or uh, at least other interests, something to keep them busy. My fear was yes. they would not be around when the pandemic right. ended. And I'm, I'm sure that has happened. I haven't gone back now to analyze who's not around anymore because you a lot of times you don't really notice it's years later when you think oh whatever happened to this sure. person or whatever happened to that yeah, group exactly. you know so <laughs> mm-hmm. that's always been uh, I've always been intrigued by that you know especially over the last year or so like what did they do uh right. to, to survive what did they do like you say to put food on their table and stuff mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when you think about it any artist out there especially as we found with citizens it's a group of guys in this band and it's a lot harder to raise money for a band than it is for a single artist. Yes, a solo artist. Yeah, yeah sure. And Absolutely. so if they don't have anything on the side for when they're not touring, um, how then can what they, happens? yeah, how can they continue as a band? So, uh, it's yeah. really important and, and hopefully, you know, they've, I, I think they've figured out the secret themselves and hopefully other artists out there. I know I had a conversation uh, or we had a conversation with an artist a few years back where they were a band and they just couldn't sustain themselves as a band. And so he ended up going solo and then just mm-hmm. hiring the band members as they as they had gigs or had shows that required a full band. And other than that, it would be an acoustic thing or just him going by himself. And that was the only way to, right, to make right. it work, right? That was... I think that was pre-pandemic, if I remember correctly, too. So figuring that out before the pandemic would have been great. So, Woo-hoo. interesting times. Yeah, interesting hopefully, times. Hopefully, we don't have to um, worry about that whole ordeal again. I agree. I think we've had enough of that. Mm-hmm. Citizens on Between the Grooves, and now it is time for some artist advice. We are checking in with Ben Kraus. But it's always better to do something excellent like if it's not going to turn out 
great, don't do it <laughs> because there's so many times yeah. where it, it, it looks even worse that you did it poorly than if you did it at all. Oh, I love that because there's too often the mentality that, you know, we'll just do it out of obligation or what have you. But can we try and walk in a spirit of excellence? Like if it's not going to be great, I mean, you think about the Cain and Abel and the gifts that were presented and God accepted the offering that was better. And it's like, if we can't bring our best to God and present our best, then, you know, just maybe take a step back and and rethink it all. I understand your perspective, bringing our best, striving for excellence. But the issue Mm -hmm. I have with that is if you are a perfectionist, you're never going to get there. That's very true. So when do you stop? You know, like from a perfectionist standpoint, when is it just good enough? You know what I mean? And then when you say it's just good enough, maybe it's not as excellent (laughs) as you would have liked. As it could be. As it could be. Exactly. So I guess that's the different perspective I have on it. Mm -hmm. But well, if you have more people speaking into it, um, because the Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. And so if you've got some some wisdom speaking to it and more than a few people are saying, this is great, uh, let's go with it. Or if you have more than a few people saying, ah, this is not going to cut it, um, you probably should listen to wisdom yeah (laughs) you know what i mean well that is it for this week's episode next week we are on the road once again so we look forward to you joining us thanks for listening to faith strong today's between the grooves podcast if you enjoyed this episode would you consider sharing it with your friends rating our podcast or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 